when I say I'm the best heavyweight in Utah, I mean I'm the best heavyweight. I know how good everybody else is. I'm not saying they're not good. And I won't say any names because people get in their feelings and they get real emotional when you say people's names, even in a positive light. But I'm talking about everybody. I'm better than all of them. I know skill for skill. I know people who have trained with both of us. I've seen them fight. I've seen them train. Skill for skill, there's no one, and it's not even close. Now we're rolling Damage Plan MMA podcast presented by Fierce Fighting Championship 25. Strong words from Andrew Boquette, the heavyweight out of Elite Performance who makes his fourth walk to the cage on April 21st at the Maverick Center. Now, if you want to watch Andrew, as well as four belts be crowned in one of the most stacked cards in Fierce history, head over to FierceFightingChampionship.com. And if you're unable to attend, the pay-per-view is also available at that website. That's enough for me. Let's get back over to everything that Andrew was just talking about. Uh, you're, you're coming back in. This is the quickest turnaround of your career. I mean, how has it been getting ready to kind of get back in there so quickly versus you've always had a couple years off in between fights? Yeah, so the story of my like MMA career is sort of, uh, or I guess it's the story of my life because all I've all I've done since I was 13 is train martial arts, really. You know, I've been doing this forever. And uh, so I grew up doing sort of the sport taekwondo scene, uh, basically dismantled the Utah, <laughs> the Utah scene. Uh, you know, was TKOing and KOing people in a sport where that doesn't happen very often. And it was like every single tournament I'd be doing that. And then um, kind of stopped when I was around 20. And at the time, it was really difficult to get fights in Utah. This is like back in 2010 outside of bars. Like Steel Fist was doing their thing over at like um, I, one of the one of the clubs downtown, but almost all of the fights were you had to be 21 to even be fighting because they were technically bars. So I turned 21, fought the next month, and I had kind of gone from just destroying everybody in Taekwondo, and then I was fighting right. And I fought Joe Rodriguez. Shout out to Joe Rodriguez, uh, real tough guy. Ended up having a pretty pretty solid career. Um, and I don't even think he did as well as he could have done. I thought, I thought he was really good, but we scrapped it out and I'll never forget, man. I hit him with a big right hand and I was like, he's dead. He's, he's going to die. He's going to explode like one of those cars in the, in a Hollywood movie. And he kind of like shook his head, like it hurt him. And then he just kept fighting. And I was like, Oh, he wants to fight, fight. And so I ended up losing the fight just mentally. I think I kind of broke from him being so tough. Then I took a really long time off because I, I think it like broke my heart so bad that I lost that it was hard for me to get back in there. I took a really long time off, got back in the cage, had a good performance, got a KO or TKO. And actually, I think it was submission. One of the, I don't know, whatever. Um, won that fight. And then I started setting up my school. So I kind of had to take another really big break. Um, I didn't want to, but sort of my thought at the time, and I'm actually, I was just talking about this the other day. I'm really happy I decided to pursue my career the way that I did was that if fighting doesn't work out, I really need something to fall back on. Right. And I love teaching martial arts. My, I actually love teaching more than I love fighting. And so I kind of set up my dojo and wanted to get it to a really solid place, which we're now at. Thankfully, I'm super blessed with that. Um, and then, so I, I took this last fight with you guys over at Steel Fist. You were commentating, right? Or not, I'm sorry, Fierce, not Steel Fist, of course, Fierce. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys, you were commentating. Great job, by the way. Oh, and um, <laughs> and yeah, like you said, this is the, the quickest turnaround. And I, I want to kind of keep this going. You know, it was, uh, it was funny because I, I got married three weeks ago. Then I went on my honeymoon and I came back and Horn's like, you're fighting. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so...
Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. I, I I saw, I mean, we follow each other on social media. I saw yeah. that you just recently got married, but I knew that this fight was coming up. How has that kind of just been in terms of the conversations with your wife of like, hey, yeah, not great. You know, this is happening? <laughs> not so initially, I think that you guys, you guys had a fight the night of my wedding. <laughs> and initially they offered me that fight. And I was like, babe, what do you think? And Zach was like, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not you cannot do that so uh and we actually had someone fighting on that card um and so we had a bunch of, we were sort of split between my wedding and the fight so that's that sort of sucked but uh yeah it hasn't been super great honestly i like fighting this close to a big event like that it's not ideal but you know you don't always get to fight under ideal conditions, right? Like the idea that you're going to just be, you're going to have a, a two to, you know, three month camp and you're going to be in the best shape of your life. And that's just, that's not how the sport works. Like you need to be ready to take opportunities. I think this is a good opportunity with an opponent that I match up really well with. So I jumped on it. Yeah. It's Bradley Burston, uh, another two and one fighter. And so I'm just curious, you know, you cut so many great promos the first time around. I just got to ask <laughs> you, like, what do you think of Bradley and what has kind of this camp been like for you? Um, the camps are always good because I'm surrounded with good people. You know, I've got, uh, I I've got a real like who's who of him. I mean, my coach is Jeremy Horn, right? I got Sean O'Connell with me. So I've got, I've got really, really great guys, uh, that, that we train with um mike jones who kind of took a break for a while and now he's back in the scene probably gonna I, like i really don't think we're gonna be seeing him fight in utah too much longer um he, he's been performing really really well and i'm, I'm just surrounded around a, real, a lot of really good guys johan rubio of course um and then elite has the luxury because we've been around for so long that we have a lot of fighters who you might not know if you haven't been around in the mma game for a long time but guys who are who are supremely talented who have had 20 plus fights, professional fights that just a lot of people don't know, but fought some of the best guys in the world. And we've got guys in there you know, like Justin Ellison, uh, who fought, you know, fought Glover Teixeira back in the day. And it's like, I've got an outstanding stable of guys. So the camps are always great, right? If, if the training doesn't go good, that's on me every single time, you know, um, as far as my opponent, uh, like I said, I feel good about this one, man. I like, I like my chances. Yeah. I, when, when it comes to, this situation were you were you excited that it was bradley have you have you done any homework on him i mean when you're excited about him like like is there anything specific that you saw where you were like there were holes in the game or anything like that everyone has holes in their game i watch every, like i'm i'm a student of the sport very much so um and i watch every everything i watch everybody i have uh i have a good friend who works for the government actually and uh like whenever we have a new opponent he starts digging and the stuff he comes up with is pretty incredible. So I know everything about this guy. I know where he went to school. I know his first girlfriend. I know his blood type. I know what he ate for dinner last night. I'm a hundred percent ready for him. Like uh, as far as as far as holes to to expose, same thing as everybody else. I'm a better striker than everybody. I'm a better wrestler than everybody. I'm better than jujitsu. A better at jujitsu than everybody. So I'm gonna do whatever I want. I mean that's that's literally the game plan. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna do whatever I want. I, I really was impressed by your last performance. I mean, obviously you have a lot of confidence, but on top of that, you back it up. I mean, your last performance was very, very dominant. How did it feel being back in there after such such a long time away? I believe it was seven years at the time yeah. of the fight. Dude, it was wild. So I didn't get to fully appreciate this. I tried to when I got in the cage, like I turned around and like looked at all my fans and everything, but 
it was really wild. Like watching the recordings of people in the crowd, there was a ton of people there for me that showed up to support. Like it was pretty crazy. Like tons of people in the stands, like holding up signs, yelling, screaming. It was, I mean, I, I had the highest ticket sales, I think by a pretty decent margin that night. I'm going to do that again this night. Um, it's the Andrew show. And we all know that, right? And I'm really excited to be able to do that for the pros that are fighting with the titles. They're going to have people that are going to be able to watch their fights because I'm on the card. And I'm glad that I could do that for them. Like, you know, that's a, that's a really nice of me. Yeah. I, I say thank you afterwards. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you kind of about that. I mean, when we talk about your fans, a lot of them come from your school, right? I mean, there's a mm -hmm. lot of people who love you, who back you up from your school. Could you kind of talk to me about, obviously you said that you wanted martial arts to kind of be your full-time job and, and who you wanted to be. Where did that all come from? When did you make that decision? I should say that you were going to do this full-time, that this was going to be not just something that you do every couple of months, every couple of years, but something that you do nine to five every single day. After the first day of my first martial arts class, it's actually really why I feel super fortunate about this. Uh, you know, promos aside, I knew that I was supposed to do this. So my best friend, the best man at my wedding, my brother, I'm godfather to his son. He's like, I love him. I love him to death. His name's Arjun Jerome. He'll probably be fighting for you guys in June. So keep, keep an eye out for him. It's one of the most handsome Persians you'll ever see in your life. And uh, he and I went to our first Taekwondo class together. And we were like 13 years old. His dad was a Taekwondo black belt and competed in, um, in Europe and had done all sorts of things was a real tough guy and he came up and was like hey do you want to go to this karate class with me and i was like yeah definitely we'll just call it karate right like everything's karate and um <laughs> so we went and i remember we came back to school like the next day and he was you know what do you think about the class and i told him I, that i'm gonna open up a school like this is what we're gonna do i'm gonna open up a martial arts school i i knew right from the beginning the moment i stepped foot on on the mats the moment i stepped into a dojo it was like a light shined down it was like this is where i'm supposed to be figured it out. How long has the school been open? I should ask first. My school's been open for five years now. So across that five years, across all the preparation to get to that point, what would you say has been the most rewarding part of, of this process? The best part by far, hands down you. So, and when I say five years, this is a lifetime of work, right? Like I've been teaching in at various martial arts schools my entire life. Um, I've moved around all over the place, taught for different instructors. And I honestly didn't even want to run a school. I just didn't like the way anybody was doing it in regards to, in regards to children and the way that children's martial arts is taught. Um, the most rewarding part of it by far is when I have a kid who is not good, who's not talented. He's a nerd, not athletic, doesn't have a lot of friends. And we flip the script. We just change that. We change that whole dialogue, right? Because anyone can take... You know, anyone can take a guy, I'll, I'll pick one of my guys, right? Johan Rubio. He was a stud. He's super athletic. He's super tough. He hits hard. He's going to be good no matter what. Anyone can do that, right? Now, Horns made him exceptional, and that's impressive. But to take someone who's not very good, who's not super tough, and change them into that, that's my favorite part. And to watch those kids blossom and be like, oh, yeah, like, I do have confidence now, right? They, they kind of, they grow that, but it's not fake because we're not, we're not teaching a style of martial art. That's fake. We're teaching MMA. The kids learn jujitsu. They learn how to do kickboxing. They learn Muay Thai. They learn boxing. They learn Western wrestling, right? So they learn all of these things. And so not only is the confidence in them, but it's real. If it needed to stand up to adversity, it could, 
this passion for you know the children's programs and that's primarily what your school is 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 kind of does right it's it's, we, it's yeah a- we we have an adult program that i mainly have for the parents at the school but um quite honestly when i get guys good enough i send them over to jeremy because i i'm fighting right i can't i can't realistically say with honesty that i'm going to be able to give them what they need and that's not fair to fighters cuz you know how much time we all put in and so i i kind of get them to a level where they're just about ready to fight and then i send them over there and kind of tune things up as a matter of fact one of our guys one of my my first students ever who i trained from literally nothing to being quite good now will be fighting with you guys maybe in june as well so that that'll be exciting i got to ask but you, it, but it is primarily kids like you asked yeah yeah i mean i got to ask you when it when it comes to that's really interesting i didn't know about that about the adult side of things but that's really mm-hmm. cool as well but when it comes to these kids programs i i've got to wonder i mean what were you like as a kid what made you kind of inspired to do it in the first place and 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 is it you know i see part of me in these kids or is it you know i wasn't that way but i always wish that i could go back and be that way i was an ass to be honest with you i i was a jerk um, I was a bully. I had the opposite story that most martial arts instructors have where they were like, I was bullied. And then I did martial arts and I found my confidence. I was the opposite. I was a bully. And uh, I had a pretty rough upbringing. You know, I didn't, I wasn't raised by my parents, um, kind of moved around houses a lot. And, uh, yeah, I don't really like to go too much into that, but it, it wasn't super conducive to having, to being a stable kid. And I wasn't, um, you know, like, drug it's it's funny because i've never done drugs and i've never even drank alcohol for those who don't know i like i don't do i'm i live a very martial arts based lifestyle i eat clean i train i don't drink i don't do drugs i never have um a lot of that's because of a lot of my experiences when i was a kid but drug addiction has sort of followed me around my whole life even though i have never even like i said so much as drank alcohol it's always been a problem whether it was parents or friends or family or like whatever it is and so i was very unstable and I would go to school and I'd kind of take that out on people. Um, and martial arts gave me a place where I, I like, uh, I felt like I was sort of part of the community. You know, I, I had some people there that were, you know, were looking out for me, people who cared about me. And I had a place where me being such a physical person and, and wanting to, you know, punch and kick and it wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing. Right. And so for me, it, martial arts gave me that stability of uh being confident enough enough of myself where i didn't have to go to school and you know it, it put a huge switch on me because i went from being the bully to like the punisher so we would, we would go to school and if you were bullying kids you were catching an ass whooping when did you realize that you were the bully That's a good question. Cause I think a lot of the time, well, so I obviously work with a lot of kids who are bullied. Right. And I, one of the things I do tell them is a lot of times kids don't realize they're bullying, right. They think that they're just having fun and maybe at their house, it's a little rougher. Right. And so the talk between them and their older brothers or them and their friends is really rough and other kids aren't used to that, but it does, it comes, you're bullying. Right. But you just don't realize that you're doing it. Probably. Um, I had a lot of problems. I, do you remember Colton Kiniston? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, so him and I, I don't know if you heard our story, but he started Taekwondo also because I was bullying him and, and I started after him and I had to actually call him and ask him permission. And that was sort of the time. And when I, when I realized like, oh, wow, you know, like this kid kind of went through it because of me, you know, and you sort of make excuses in your head, especially when you're a kid, you justify your actions a lot. Well, yeah, I bullied him, but he was doing this to me. And, you know, there's two sides to every story, but yeah, it was around that time, probably when I was 11 10, 11, 12 years old, like during that, during that time when, when Colton had started martial arts and 
I, I had to go and talk to him. It was around then. He he was super important for me in, in seeing that because he wasn't. He's one of those guys who, like, martial arts has completely changed his life. He was sort of a nerd, and he still is. I mean, we all sort of are nerds, right? But he he was, and he was a soft spoken kid. Um, and martial arts changed his life. So I think seeing him was like, oh, right. It gave me a little more empathy. So 20 years later, you and Colton yep. are still teammates to this day. I mean, that's an pretty, it's a pretty incredible situation. He's, message, he's messaging me right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's like one of my best friends. <laughs> which which is is really amazing. I mean, looking back, do you two ever just, I, I was curious about this back when you and, and Zach and Jason talked seven months ago. Do you guys ever go back and just kind of reminisce about that and kind of laugh about the fact, like, look at where we are now. I mean, all the time. it's, that's incredible. That's an incredible yeah. story, Andrew. All, all the time. It, it's one of, if not my favorite martial arts story that I have, and I'm filled with them. This has been my whole life, but I love that story so much because him and I are really close. His wife is very close with my wife. Like we're really, really good friends. And we do talk about that often. Like imagine if things had been different. What if I would have called him and he would have said, no, like I really don't feel comfortable with you training at the school. Then I wouldn't have trained there. I wouldn't have met him. I wouldn't have gotten that sense of empathy from training with him. He wouldn't have come over to Jeremy Horns with me. Like it would have been, I, I don't even know. Like it's, it's crazy. You know, you hear the, the analogy, like, um, the, a ripple in a pond, uh, you know, rip, it goes out and has a has an effect on the, the entire body of water. You, you, it's so true. It's so true. So we do. We yeah. A lot of times we do find ourselves reminiscing and being nostalgic about that because it's like, where would things have been if that if it wouldn't have been for that? You know. When you look back now, are you I'm trying to word this correctly? But are are you proud of having the ability to realize that at your age? grow up and now be able to provide a place for kids to grow now under your roof, under your teaching and, and also your experiences. Immensely, immensely. It's the pride of my life. And uh, I was just, I was just talking to, to my wife last night about this actually, because I, I am so passionate about my job. And one of the things that's important to remember when you work with children and any, for anyone that's going to listen to this, that does work with kids, you have no idea what their kid's home life is like. When kids come to our dojo, I know for a fact there are kids at our school who do not hear a kind word from any adult until they come to our practice two or three times a week. I know that for a fact. And it's um, it's such a responsibility to these kids. You know, I used to really be that like really brash. I've always loved like the Diaz brothers and kind of grew up like that also. And so I would act like that. And, you know, I'm not a role model, even as I'm teaching kids. And this is when I'm in my, my early twenties, I'm not a role model. Like don't ask me to be, and I'd be out fighting and stuff all the time. But then I, what I've come to realize is what you're doing when you behave that way is you're, you're just for lack of a better term is you're being a coward. You're not taking on the amount of responsibility that you have been burdened with. And it is, it is partially a burden, but it's just, it's too damn bad. Like that's, that's what you've been called to do and you need to step up and do it. Like you need to be the person, what I, what I always like to say is we need to be the people that we needed when we were kids. Yeah. What, whatever it was that you needed, you need to be that for somebody else. So now when you go to the, when you go to the Maverick center, when yep. you're in the back, you make that walk, you get a huge cheer because I mean, like you said, you are one of the, or you might be the highest uh, ticket seller. I, I, I don't know the numbers, but I, I'm, I know you're very high up there. If not the first, the last card we were this one, it's going to happen again. I love it. And, and that being said, you know, just statistically, you're going to get the biggest mm -hmm. bump from the crowd. A lot of those cheers are going to be from your students. 
Does that do anything, or at, at least for this last show, did that do anything? Was it kind of odd making that walk and realizing like, wow, these kids are here. They watch me teach them, but now I have to go out and perform. Is there any added pressure? Like what goes on through your head considering that you're also a coach and a fighter? You know, what's wild is uh, any, any coach who says that they don't want to lose or they don't care about losing in front of their students is a liar. We don't want to lose in front of our students, right? Um, I went back after I had won that fight against, um, uh, his name is escaping me now. Caden Bentley. Caden Bentley. There you go. Caden Bentley. I actually been talking to him on Instagram. I'm going to bring him up again in a minute. But um, I, I won that fight against Caden. I went I went back to the school and I was talking to one of my older students. He's like 11, 12 years old. Um, and I, you know, he, he was asking me how it felt. And I said, it was, you know, it was really good. I'm really glad I didn't lose. I was just being honest with him. He's one of my junior instructors. And so I spent a lot more time with these kids. And I was telling him, I'm really glad I didn't lose because, man, that'd been super embarrassing, you know, of all the students there. And it was, it was one of those moments where I got taught by a child yet again. And uh, he was like, yeah, but, you know, if you lose, you just turn that into a lesson. You learn from that too, which I tell the kids all the time, right? Like I always constantly i'm telling the kids i don't care about you winning i i want you to do well i want you to do the best that you can and be proud of your performances whether we're going to tournaments or you know whatever naga or we're um just training at the school i you know just do the best that you can that's all anybody can ask for me and if you lose we just you know whatever everybody loses but in my head i'm like i can't lose at all so the last time it was sort of like that where it was like win at all costs no matter what happens this time of course i'm going to do everything i can to win but if i lose it's like my because of the life lessons that i'm teaching my students and i'm espousing that right it's all good it's just nice to have them there that's that's the really great thing is when I walk out from the tunnel and I see these kids who I love and they're cheering for me and they got their signs. They're like, you know, Master Boquet, let's go. It's it's just awesome. It, it's like the biggest jolt of adrenaline. You could see one of my one of my um, one of my longest students walked out to the cage with me last time, and uh, that was a super super cool moment. And uh, we we kind of ran out from the ran out from the tunnel together, and it was just I had a big smile on my face. It was awesome. I love seeing them there. It's so cool, and they love coming to watch. You know, I think it's a really unique thing that, um, m- like most martial arts schools, especially children's martial arts schools, they do not have instructors that are competing. Um, not that you need to have that, but it is sort of a unique thing, and uh, I'm glad that I can give that to them. No, it it absolutely is unique, and it's one of the fascinating things about when you do fight is is that kind of presence uh, at the my events. army of children. but 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 it truly is because i mean you do a great job at the school and you do a great job in the cage i do want to ask you a little bit about and this might be peeling back the curtain a little bit but after the fight i I, i'll say this during the podcast cutting promos Mm -hmm. super super funny exciting you know making things interesting after the fight with jason a little bit more calmed, recluse, you know, more, more, I guess I should say humble. I've just got to ask you, was that natural or, or what, what is that? And I can cut this out too, if you don't want me to like, no, you're good. You're good. I'm, I'm totally cool with this. Um, I was very grateful in that moment. Like I like Jason. And so it's cool to be interviewed by him. Right. And I'm looking out at all my students and that's cool. And I'm seeing my family and I'm seeing my best friends are sitting at the table. I was just like kind of taken in the moment because it had been so long. And at the time I initially had a call out in mind that I wanted to do. And then I was like, I don't even know if it makes sense anymore. Like, I'm just, like you said, I'm just going to be, you need to be, you know, humble in victory, gracious in defeat. Yeah. doesn't mean I'm not going to talk a bunch of trash on the way there. 
But this post-fight interview is going to be a little different, by the way. So, you know, I, I know I said that the first time. I promise you, this one's going to be very different. So I, I got the humble. I got the humbleness out of the way, right? I was grateful. Now we're back to work. When you look back at everything that's happened between the two-in-one career, between the fight coming up, between the students and the school, obviously the students in the school are the thing you're most proud of. But what's maybe like the highlight? What's the best memory of your life? when it's attached to martial arts? Mm, damn, that's a big question. It might've been my last fight, to be honest with you. So after my last fight, I, you know, you guys were all working, so you guys didn't get to see this, but I, I have posted pictures on my social media accounts. I went out and I, you know, I was, it's very important to me. I did this at my wedding too, which I don't know if my wife loved, but it's really important to me to say thank you to everybody who shows up for me. I understand everyone has a busy life, right? I get it. And for people to show up and come out and show that support, I am supremely grateful for that. And so I literally went around the entire stadium thanking everybody. Like it took me an hour to go around and thank everybody. And then I went out and we went up to, to the, to one of the entrances where you walk down and all of my students had gathered there. Um, and we got this gigantic group shot and it was so cool. And there's this, uh, it's so funny. My wife, my wife made this post. Are you, have you ever seen Naruto? I haven't. I know of it. So, okay. But... So there's this scene where he kind of, he's kind of like the dejected kid when he's younger, right? No one really wants to be around him. And then he starts training. He gets really, really strong and he starts meaning a lot to the village. And then he goes out and defeats this like big enemy who's going to destroy their town. And he becomes like the village here, like the village loves you. Right. And she like made this post of like Naruto and she's like, Andrew Boquette, the village loves you. And I was like, this is cool. That is really <laughs> like, cool. So that that was probably it, it. Felt just felt so good, and it wasn't the best part. Was it wasn't just my current students. I had students at that event, and will have students at this next event that I taught ten years ago, that have shown back up. You know, which is just it's incredible. Which the the impact, which is the name of the school, right? Impact Martial Arts. The impact that we have on these people, it's it's really, I don't even I think fully realize it. So I think that was was the that's probably been the pinnacle so far. You talk about the impact of martial arts, but also I want to talk about the things that have had impact on you between you've mentioned Naruto, watching MMA every weekend, martial arts being your life. Who and what are some of the things that inspire you the most? Mm. The things that inspire me the most are your, your every man, the guys who like get up and just make it happen. You know, like Goggins is obviously super impressive, right? Like watching the Joe Rogan podcast, you know, John Jones coming back. That's so cool. GSP went in the site, like all that stuff. Those guys are incredible though, right? But the guys who get up, the, the dads at my work, who I know that are working 80 hours a week so their wives can be stay-at-home moms and take care of their babies and they're doing, that stuff is what's impressive to me. Like those are the people who I look up to. Those are the, and I had a lot of these people that came to my wedding. I didn't have a dad. So when you don't have quote from kill bill right anyone who doesn't have dad ends up inevitably having a collection of them and so i had all these father figures who came to my my wedding and it was it was really interesting seeing them all in one place and just thinking about all the the impact that they've had on my life um and not to say there's not there's incredible women and moms at my school too but i as a man who is aspiring to be a father right i look up to these other men who they just get up and make it happen yeah i know it sucks i know you don't like your job but you're doing it anyway because it's it's what you're supposed to do right you don't we don't do what we want to do we do what we're supposed to do those are the people who inspire me you know or the, or the kid who's getting who's getting picked on who sucks at jujitsu and who knows he's kids aren't dumb they know they suck right when we have kids that come to class 
and, and I'm honest with them. Like, I don't tell them they suck, but I'll just tell them like, hey, I know class is hard for you. I know you don't necessarily love this, but I, I really love and admire the fact that you keep coming. That kind of stuff inspires me, you know? When it comes to this fight, what's the number one thing you're looking forward to? The last fight, I went out and grappled against somebody that I knew my jiu-jitsu was substantially better than, and I knew my wrestling was substantially better than. Caden's a tough kid, and I'm not taking anything away from him. As a matter of fact, look what he's doing right now. I don't know if you've been following him at all. The kid's on fire. He's killing it, right? Um, and I and I think that our fight made him look worse than he was. He's a tough kid. Like, he's won two fights against tough guys, and now he's fighting for the title, you know, over in a different organization. Um, which... <laughs> should open people's eyes to who I am, right? Because what I did. But um, I, I went out and wrestled against someone who I knew I could out-wrestle and I knew I could I could out-grapple, right? I'm not doing that this time. This time, the full range of skills is on display. The last time, Jeremy was like, hey, you haven't fought in a while. You need to get cage time. And you guys even actually talked about it when you were commentating on the fight. You could tell, right? Because you had fought one of I don't Who's the bigger guy that commentates? He's also a heavyweight. Eric Iman was there. So he knew that he knew what I was doing. He like, he's a fighter. He figured it out right away. You probably did too. You train. And so took him down, was getting on top of him. I wanted that cage time. I wanted to feel it in the cage. And, and I got that this time. I don't need it. This time I'm getting to use a lot more of my weapons, a lot more of my skills. People don't, uh, I don't think people know what, what I'm good at yet. And it's going to be very interesting for everybody to have this aha moment. I've been talking a lot of and everyone's about to see why. When I say I'm the best heavyweight in Utah, I mean I'm the best heavyweight. I know how good everybody else is. I'm not saying they're not good. And I won't say any names because people get in their feelings and they get real emotional when you say people's names, even in a positive light. But I'm talking about everybody. I'm better than all of them. I know skill for skill. I know people who have trained with both of us. I've seen them fight. I've seen them train. Skill for skill, there's no one, and it's not even close. Now it's just a matter of putting it together in the cage. My goodness, he is Andrew Boquet. Andrew, how can people get a hold of you? How can people support you as you make the walk on April 21st at the Maverick Center? Uh, so when I do make that walk and I amaze everybody with my incredible display of Kung Fu treachery, you can uh, be in attendance to witness an incredible event just like you did last time. You can get on my Instagram. That's uh, A underscore Boquet, B-O-Q-U-E-T. You can follow me on Facebook, send me a friend request. We're uh, selling tickets over there. We got some table seats available. What I'm going to do, which is what I do every time, save the show. You guys are welcome. Um, I buy the I day buy the table seats. They only gave me three this time. I don't know why they're doing this. And another thing, you know what? Talk to, I need you to talk to Zach. A little bit of a tangent. I need to be on these posters. I understand these guys are fighting for titles or whatever. The money is me. So I need to be on these posters next time. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Um, but purchase link is on my Instagram. I have three tables currently. I sold them in 10 minutes. So what I'm going to do is wait till the fight gets closer. Same thing I did last time. I'm going to call Zach and I'm going to buy all the other fighters tables who couldn't sell their tickets. Like everybody does every single time. And then again, I come in and I save the show. You guys are welcome. I'm glad I could do that for you. We absolutely love it. And we cannot wait to see you, Andrew Boquette. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you.